So on the Kanban board, you've got a definition of workflow, you've got a starter point, a finish point, you've got a cycle time, how long does the work take to get from the starter point to the finish point, you've got throughput, what's the rate of items being delivered across the finish point per time period, like per day, per week, per sprint, work item age, the elapsed time from, from which a work item has started and but has still not yet finished, and you've got work in progress, which is all the items that are within the starter point and the finish point. So often we have both discovery work and delivery work on a Kanban board. You could argue discovery work, development work, and delivery work. Discovery work would be, for example, research to figure out whether this is the right thing to build for the customer. Maybe we're doing some experiments. Maybe we're doing some prototyping. It's very wise to do experiments when we have insufficient evidence that we can harvest the proposed value because at the end of the day, our work items are bets. Bets at best, ill-informed opinions at worst if you don't experiment. You could just fill your funnel with stuff to develop and maybe there's no evidence you should actually develop it. So discovery is about discovering value, it's about learning. And development is about building the product, making the product if you like. And delivery is about getting that work that we've made and giving it to the customer. And so you could argue there's four time horizons. You've got, we're trying to discover the next best thing. We're trying to develop what we have now have evidence uh, is the right thing to do. And then we're delivering the stuff that we've got to a stage that's ready for a customer to consume. And then the fourth horizon would be we're going to be looking back at, you know, those previous releases that we had, those deployments that we had to the markets, did they actually make a difference? Did we change customer behaviors? Do we reap some organizational value? Do we improve our reputation as an organization? Do we improve employee satisfaction? Do we reduce our plastic footprint? Do we reduce our carbon footprint? And so on and so forth. So four time horizons that we need to think about on a Kanban board. And the thing is, what do you do with this work? In Kanban, backlog is optional. Unlike in Scrum, where there's a product backlog, which is mandatory, it's an artifact. In Kanban, backlog is optional. You can also have a funnel, which is like the backlog for a backlog, if you like. Another optional container that you might have on your definition or workflow. There are multi multiple patterns available for managing these four time horizons. The thing is that we're managing what type of work it is, as opposed to who's doing the work, because I hope in a modern team that's trying to practice agility, I would hope that people are trying to learn other skills. The reality is that the people who do discovery, they have a lot of work to do, and there's usually less people who have the skill to do that discovery. And so what I find often is the people who do discovery are often coaching, mentoring, teaching, willing volunteers who want to learn how to do that discovery. For example, someone doing development might be invited to a customer interview to just take notes and gain an appreciation of what the customer end user wants, or maybe a developer might be asked to do some low fidelity prototype, for example, or maybe even practice their skills in customer uh, doing customer interviews because we need to be careful either avoiding loaded questions or, as Indy Young would say, maybe just doing some deep listening listening to where the customer wants to go with the conversation. As John Carter said in, his, in the test shop that they had in Bose when they had people coming to the music store, just seeing where the customer goes, not pointing them to the new innovation, just seeing if they pick it up, what they do with it, what they discover, and lo and behold, 
instead of discovering that customers wanted to improve the sound fidelity, they liked the whole idea of noise cancellation and noise cancelling headphones were discovered by accident, through an accident of innovation. Uh, so we're trying to have as many innovation accidents as possible because in reality that's where most innovation comes from. Also through twisting previous inventions for a new purpose. And the challenge is that there's so much of that discovery work and also discovery is never finished because the people who do discovery also are involved in doing usability testing as the work is going through development for example and they also analyze what's going on after the work has been released to the market to see how people are interacting and what, or where they drop out and so on. They're also maybe helping product managers to look at the customer analytics and understand what's going on. And in a dynamic trio, for example, a, a technical person, a design person, and a product manager could get together to talk about, okay, what do we understand we need to do here? What do we need to discover next? What do we need to deliver next? And so how do you manage all of this? And so you could have, for example, uh, columns for discovery, for development, for delivery, for getting feedback. Or measure and tweak is a column name that I quite like. The thing is that not every item that goes through discovery will go through the development because we'll probably discover that most of the items should not be built. Most of them. Because we know, for example, from several editions of the, of the chaos report from the Standish Group that two-thirds of what we build is never used, or sorry, rarely are never used. And so we want to discover as much of that as possible before we build something because we're just filling the development funnel and the delivery funnel with work that might not be valuable. And so another pattern that I've seen is instead of having columns for those stages, which assumes that there's like a sequential process, maybe having swim lanes for those because some work might go back from development into discovery. Some work might go from measure and tweak back into discovery. And because on a Kanban board we don't really want work items moving backwards on a board. The use of swim lanes can avoid that problem and using good heat map reporting you'd be able to see where the work is spending most of its time. In terms of work items I tend to separate discovery work items from development work items. You, you could argue that development and delivery could be combined because we want to get some value. But there is value in discovery because remember, value is also about learning. So as long as the discovery results in some learning about something being good or bad or whatever, what, what, have we validated some hypothesis? Have we met some people uh, that matched our personas, for example, or maybe we're not into personas, we've talked to some people, we've run some experiments, what do we learn? And that learning, there's value in that learning. And so I have no problem with work items being there for discovery. And then there'll be other work items maybe for development slash delivery. And as long as each work item is valuable, that's okay. You could also have work items that have all the discovery work, development work, and delivery work on the same item with subtasks for the individual discovery, development, delivery tasks, for example. Each of those subtasks in, in themselves contribute to the delivery of value, but in and of themselves are not valuable, so the entire work item itself is valuable. The problem that I see with that approach is that it leads to what I refer to as execution bias, where there's almost a kind of a path of least resistance to continue to develop and deliver, even though we might not have evidence that we're on the right track. So we want to visualize as many signals as possible. We want to see what options we have 
that maybe are building up some evidence that we should uh, develop and deliver them. Uh, we want to see what's going on in development and delivery. We want to also see what are we measuring and tweaking and what are we learning. And so we're getting that learning cycle, that empirical loop of deciding what to do next based on what we learned last. Often what you'll discover is the outputs that we deliver to achieve outcomes are not the same as maybe what you might have expected. So it's important when you're setting goals and you're setting a direction of travel for the teams that they're outcome oriented. What change in behavior are we looking for in terms of the customer, end user, consumer? What, what business value metrics or customer value metrics or end user value metrics are we looking to move the needle on that would demonstrate, that would be observable, that we know we made a difference, either better or worse? Remember the value can be positive or negative. There are just two sets of patterns for combining discovery, development, delivery, and measuring and tweaking. I'd love to hear your ideas on other approaches. The only limit is your imagination. Thank you.